Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano alongside the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And uh, behind the glass, we got our pal Kent Brown. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just getting ready for another fantasy show and another good fantasy week, hopefully for all of us. Yeah, man. Um, Boy, how about that game last night? Patriots defense does it again. Again. So it was so funny. I'm on Twitter and, you know, the Patriots, the game is over and I look, the Patriots have 25 points and I'm ready to tweet out. And the NFL MVP, fantasy football. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, <laughs> Patriots defense. And who do I see? But Graham Barfield tweets the exact same thing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, see, we're thinking the same. It, we are. And, and it's it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I uh, pulled this up. So the Patriots defense has already scored 123 fantasy Bananas. in six games. Yeah. That would have made them the number nine scoring defense during last year alone. Which is just insane. After after six after six games, they haven't even played half of a season, and they're already the number nine scoring defense based on last year's numbers. I mean, they're fabs. They've scored double digit fantasy points in every single game. every game and Um, over twenty in three and thirty seven in one of those. I mean, this is like just a ridiculous. It's like literally like having a receiver one. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. uh, It's it's just. Yeah. You want to talk about great draft values. Oh, my God. Patriots defense. This is one of the all-time best draft values ever. Yeah. I mean, so Patri- far. Patriots defense wasn't even one of the top three to four defenses off the board in most mm-hmm. leagues this year. Yep. They were waiver wire fodder for after week one. Well, the Patriots defense uh, has become a fantasy uh, darling. That's that's certain after these uh, first six games. Um, 
Bill Belichick will never be a fantasy darling. He hates our fantasy football teams. Yesterday, Tom Brady, who didn't throw a touchdown pass. Now, if you told me before the game that Brady didn't throw a touchdown pass, I would have thought you were crazy and I would have benched him. But what happens? He rushes for two touchdowns. And Brandon Bolden gets goal line opportunities and he scores a touchdown. Sony Michelle, who we all loved because Rex Burkhead was out, 22 carries, 86 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. No touchdowns. Yeah, Michelle, I thought... Uh, it's good to see them getting him involved in the passing game. Rex Burkhead obviously missed this game. And I guess when Rex misses, they're going to try and get Michelle a little more involved in the passing game. But yeah, no TDs. Brady gets the two sneaks. And Bolden obviously uh, gets the, the ugly vulture. There. They had so many of those goal line opportunities. Mm-hmm. And... Michelle didn't get any. Well, Michelle, uh, he didn't get many of them. So yeah, Michelle didn't didn't get many of them, and he wasn't on the field. But I I think you have to be happy if you're a Sony Michelle owner right now. He he had 19 touches in Week Five against the Redskins. Got got the score there, and then here he goes for well over 100 yards from scrimmage. You'll take it. Yeah, 24 touches. Yep. You got to take this. You were just, I mean, so close to ha- having a, a, a much monster game, bigger, yeah. bigger game. Yeah. Uh, James White has a big game in PPR. Uh, Julian Edelman also has well, that's, that's a another, strong game. That's another frustrating thing about this game. James White got tackled at the half yard almost line. Almost scored. Yeah, almost scored there. He should have had a touchdown. And that would have actually counted as a Tom Brady touchdown pass. It would have. Yeah. And then right. Brady ended up getting two more points for us because he ended up rushing the ball in. So uh, if you started Tom Brady, uh, I believe you got around 22 fantasy points. You were pretty happy. With that, um, if you were one of those people who decided to take a chance on Golden Tate, I mean, basically, it it almost all came on that one long touchdown. But he has six catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. No Evan Ingram, no Sterling Shepard. So kudos to you. Um, I I wasn't buying in on any Giants in this contest. I mean, John Hilleman. 3.5 3.5 yards. Uh, per carry. I was, was forced to start awful. John Hilleman. Elite. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And, and he had negative three yards as a, as a pass catcher. Uh, the other big news in this game, Josh Gordon got hurt. It looked ugly. It did. So he didn't come back into the game. So that's something that we're going to have to keep tabs on because, you know, suddenly this is a, this is a Patriots pass attack that last night utilized gunner. I can't even pronounce his last name. <laughs> Olszewski. Hey man, he was in. Can you help me? He, uh, I can, you can't. I, I can't either. But he was. I think in for the, the Polish names, the Z is usually like a Szeszewski, so maybe it's Olszewski or something oh, like I, that. I don't know. A lot of times, that's how that works. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw a picture of him after the game, and he was a. Uh, in a Bass Pro Shops hat. Yes, had a, yes. Had a yeah. wife beater on. <laughs> look, look, look the part. Oh, my gosh. Um, but well, no, I mean, it, for, for uh, as much as fantasy owners are concerned, they may have well just signed him off of the Bass Pro Shops roster yeah. and brought him in to play in this game last night. But regardless, we got to see what happens with uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, overall, great night if you started the Patriots defense and Tom Brady. Uh, Julian Edelman has a great game. James White as well. And Sonia Michelle, it was good to see him get those 22 carries. Uh, was also involved in the passing game somewhat with a couple of catches. So uh, overall, the game sort of it, it, it sort of happened as we thought it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Uh, nothing. Sorry, Eddie, if you're listening to this, but there's not much Daniel Jones could have done in this game. Yeah. Uh, Patriots defense is so good and not having any weapons plus Barkley doesn't help. Should say real quick on Josh Gordon. The report is this morning. Um, that his injury is not considered to be major, but like you mentioned, did not come back into the game. Jacoby Myers played extremely well. Yep. Uh, Had a couple huge catches in that game without Gordon. So uh, maybe the long rest will get him right for week seven. Yeah, and they play the Jets next. I mean, it just sets up for the the, the Patriots defense again. Again. Jets defense. uh, I'm sorry, the Jets offense uh, on the road next week, and then they have Cleveland at home. 
and Baker Mayfield's a turnover machine. Anyways, uh, so that is Patriots Giants. And uh, once again, Patriots defense, they do it again. Let's move on to our week six game previews. And we're going to start off with the game in London. Now, Make sure you set your lineups overnight, guys, uh, because this is going to be... This is the 6.30 a.m. start A very on early the start. Pacific Coast. Yes. Ugh. Christian McCaffrey, uh, return to practice, the back, it's fine. He is obviously a must-start, although his worst game of the year came against the Buccaneers earlier in the season. Uh, but CMC, obviously, he's on pace for over 500 freaking fantasy points. He's just bananas. Uh, Panthers wide receivers, tight ends... What are we seeing this week in a plus matchup? I like DJ Moore quite a bit. I Me think too. Curtis Samuel is a little bit of a sleeper. Um, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey off the top. This Bucks run defense is legit, man. They're averaging like just right at three yards per carry. But McCaffrey is obviously such a stud in the past game. It doesn't really matter. I think the, the most interesting one this weekend is, is Greg Olson, right? Yes. Like Greg Olson has put up two really bad back-to-back games. Only saw two targets last week, put up a goose egg. Um, but the Bucks defense fabs has been arguably just as bad as the Cardinals yep. at stopping tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this is a week to start. Greg Olson, uh, the Bucks are giving up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Olson had 17 against them back in week two. So I agree with you. Which Jameis Winston shows up? <laughs> if you if every if, week I'm going to ask look, the same thing. Look, man, if if we knew what J- if we knew what Jameis was going to show up every single week, we would be able to win all of the money. But yeah. we yeah. we don't. Um, I I don't know. You know, it's an in-division game. Um, Godwin and Evans have been just, especially Godwin, they've just been unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Uh, These two guys, they're going to run the offense through them, and it really just comes down to Jameis. I mean, we haven't seen Winston put together like a month's worth of really good games yet, but he's on pace to, to do that, maybe for the first time in his career. And I think we're starting to see him get really comfortable in this Bruce Aarons offense, and I'm still going back to him as like, uh, top 10, top 12-ish starter. I, I have the same decision I had last week in the league, Winston versus Rivers, and I'm going back yeah. to Winston. I would I go think, Winston too. I think that's right where the cutoff line is for him right now. Like he's he's such a fringe QB. Winston is such a fringe QB one right now, but you're still f- starting him over guys like Phil Rivers. Yeah, Winston scares me this week. Uh, in eight career starts against Carolina, he's been the QB 14 or worse seven times. That's a great stat. So um, a little concern over Jameis Winston. Hopefully he gets the ball to Mike Evans, please. I mean, I love all the Chris Godwin shares, but I mean, geez, Louise, throw the ball to Mike oh. Evans this week. Oh, we love we love the Godwin money. Uh, yeah. Godwin money is already but you know a lot of people have Mike Evans. So, but, but um, yeah, I saw Jameis said this morning he's yes, yeah, so he needs to get the ball more. He's going to try to get the ball to Evans a little bit. Yep, uh, and OJ Howard, I guess. <laughs> Have fun on the waiver wire, pal, because uh, Gerald Everett or OJ you, Howard. You are done, <laughs> Everett. Yeah, everybody, so everybody over OJ Howard yeah, at this point. I mean, so his best catch of the season came in a baseball game. Uh, Redskins at Dolphins. Now, you might think this is a stinker, but there could be some good fantasy plays. And Graham and I are going to talk about some of those, including Case Keenum, who is starting for the Skins this week, which is good news for Terry McLaurin owners, right? I think so too. I, I mean. Right now, Dwayne Haskins, for what it's worth, the Redskins don't think he's ready, and uh, he did not acquit himself very well. So they're going to go back to Case Keenum here, just kind of this quarterback stable of uh, misery for the Redskins. And this is just the dream matchup for Terry McLaurin. I I think he's a top 25 play at the receiver position this week. Yeah, I have him in the top 20. Uh, uh, Miami's given up four touchdowns. The receiver's lined out wide. Uh, McLaurin's out there 82.5% of the time. And McLaurin is finally probably pretty close to healthy. Healthy, They said said it was a minor hammy pull, and now he's had like over two weeks to get. Yeah, he missed a game a couple of weeks ago. Then last week, Patriots, you're not playing him. This week, get him back in your starting lineup. Are we starting Adrian Peterson? 
Are we doing it? I like this spot for him, right? I mean, I, I do too. How can you not? So Bill Callahan, the the Redskins now interim head coach, is an old school, grinded out type of football coach, and and uh, look, that type of mentality is not going to win a lot of NFL football games, but it might win this game here against this Dolphins run defense that just, I mean, they're just. It's not even a defense. Yeah. Anybody can run through them, and I think Adrian Peterson can have a solid game game script has been the problem for them. They've just gotten down so quickly, so fast Mm -hmm. uh, that they have not been able to run the ball effectively. And they've just had to drop back a bunch of times, but this game should be relatively close and keep Peterson in the game. I think he's a solid flex play this week for Miami. I like Kenyon Drake as a flex this week. The Redskins have given up 160.4 scrimmage yards and the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this season. And Drake has sort of disappeared because the dolphins are getting crushed every week. But I think this week the game will be closer. Uh, A couple of sleepers in this game. Okay. Preston Williams, Going up against the Redskins, they have struggled against wide receivers. Preston Williams, as uh, Graham had mentioned in his waiver wire article over the last two games, uh, highest target share on the team, also leads the team overall in receptions and receiving yards. Not saying much, but I think he is a guy that you could potentially use. And which defense would you stream? Because they're both potentially top 10 defenses in fantasy this week. I know. So defense is just really, really shaky this week outside of like, unless you have the Patriots defense, it's basically top four or five plays and then it kind of falls off a cliff i think i'd play redskins over yep. dolphins but it's it's still i i think this game just has the ma- potential just to be a suck fest and neither, <laughs> neither of these defenses probably do too much let's move on eagles at vikings and a lot of big time fantasy players in this game but the matchup on the philadelphia side of the ball is not all that good so is carson wentz a fade for you this week yeah, I, I mean, it just depends on the other options that you have out there. I mean, I, I think Wentz is probably still firmly maybe a back-end QB1 this week. Um, I will say Xavier Rhodes this season, Fabs, is struggling just a little bit. He's top 15, or excuse me, top 20 in terms of yardage allowed among cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. He, he's shadowed a bunch this year and done his... He, they're using him the same way, but he's just not performing up to his usual standard. I, I still think it's a pretty tough matchup for Alshon because yeah. Jeffrey... We know how Jeffrey wins. He wins through physicality, and yes. David Rhodes is obviously a very, very physical, physical corner. Mm-hmm. Um, if this were a speedier, speedier receiver, I think we could be a little bit uh, more bullish on the matchup. But Zach Ertz is in a great spot this weekend. Yep. Um, last year, uh, Ertz had 17 or more fantasy points in two games against the Vikings. One of those was in the playoffs. And the Vikings have kind of, if there's one spot where you can get the Vikings, it's up the seam and in tight to the formation, and that's where Zach Hertz operates almost entirely. Uh, I think Zach Hertz is a very, very good play this weekend. Yep. Now, we're looking at the running back situation. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is a must-start, even though the matchup's not great. Uh, But Jordan Howard, you know, We've heard Doug Peterson say he wants to get him more involved than he already has been. Uh, Last couple of weeks, he's outscored Miles Sanders. Uh, Sanders did outsnap him last week. I think Jordan Howard is very touchdown dependent this week. And the the Vikings have only given up one rushing touchdown to backs. He's not going to catch one very likely uh, out of the backfield. So for me, Jordan Howard is a fade. Miles Sanders is also a a fade for me as well. Um, Kirk Cousins coming off a big game. Eagles defense against the pass. It's it's just not not good at all. So in two QB leagues, super flex leagues, maybe Kirk Cousins is an option. I actually think Kirk Cousins is a good streamer this week. Okay. He's coming off his best performance of the game, or excuse me, the best performance of his season last week. 
And you mentioned it. These Eagles corners right now are just really banged up. Uh, one quick injury note on the Eagles side of the ball before we move on to the next game. Darren Sproles is going to miss with a quad injury. That's going to open up uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, a little playing, bit for Miles Sanders. Playing in the passing game. It's kind of it's kind of skinnying up this this backfield a little bit for, for both Howard and Sanders. But you mentioned Howard's the better play so far. Yep, no question about that. Adam Thielen, uh, I believe he missed practice yesterday, but he should be fine. Yeah, Get him into your sick. lineup. I think yeah, he, it was sick. an illness. Uh, Stephon Diggs. I mean, you probably have to play him. You, you, you don't have to like it. Uh, the, matchup, the matchup works for me. I have a decision in another league this week, Terry McLaurin or Stephon Diggs. Oh, I'm go, I would go McLaurin. See, me too. I mean, I think that's the thing is Diggs, is such, he's right there on that top 30 fringe. But this is such a good matchup. All right, let's move on. Texans at Chiefs. And this is going to be a ridiculously high-scoring game. And there's some players in this game that are a little banged up. So we want to bring in our pal James Palmer from NFL Network, who's going to be covering this game. James, thanks for joining us here on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Now, guys, I'm excited to be on. It's taking you five weeks to give me a run. Okay. <laughs> well, we just started doing this Friday show last week, so we will okay. definitely be calling you more often because we love to get your insight. So uh, a couple of very big question marks here from a fantasy perspective. First off, is Patrick Mahomes okay? Is the ankle going to hinder him this week? Uh, his status for this big contest against the Texans? You know, it's funny, guys. I've, I've covered every game of the Chiefs this week. I'm like our beat reporter for Patrick Mahomes, uh, except <laughs> week two. And so if you remember, he first injured the ankle against the Jaguars in, in week one. And I remember watching him walk out of the stadium. And I was like, I don't know how he's going to be in week two. Well, he goes out and still plays really, really well in week two. Um, but there's been times, and now he re-injured it last week, and I was at the game, and, and, you know, late in the game when I remember he takes the big sack, they end up having to kick a field goal and end up still losing the game in that final drive. Being down on the field, he could not move like he normally could. And I talked to a lot of Colts guys who were like, we knew in the second half he couldn't move the way he usually does. Now, part of that is not just him scrambling. It's like a lot of this stuff is designed for what he sees right off the bat, right? Like he sees where the pressure's coming from and then just naturally rolls to a side to buy himself a little time and throws from there. If he can't do that, a lot of these plays that the Chiefs run take a little while to develop. There's a couple in the second half he wanted to hit Travis Kelsey and had to go to his check down before he wanted to just because the pressure was there and he couldn't get to where he wanted to physically. I think that might change in some of the how, how he throws the football downfield because a lot of these plays take a little while to develop and a lot of times he ends up rolling one way or the other to kind of get himself a little time to have that happen. So I would think uh, you're going to see if it's bothering him, he'll be checking down a little bit more and maybe hitting Kelsey on some of those shorter crossing routes a little bit more if it's really bothering him. But at the same time, sometimes nothing <laughs> slows him down because if you think about it, the throw he threw to Nicole Hardman um, off one foot yep. and almost 50 yards in the air. So I don't think that's going to stop him from wanting to go downfield. Yeah, luckily, the last time I checked, your ankle is not connected to your right throwing shoulder, so that's probably good <laughs> for Mahomes. No, it's, 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 this does sound like it's something that he's going to be dealing with for the rest of the season, but uh, the Chiefs are probably going to get Tyreek Hill back off his kind of weird shoulder clavicle injury this week, it sounds like. James, uh, do you think he's back? And obviously, it's a huge impact for the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, it's massive. And it's massive for everybody. And I think the part that we're not talking about enough is the growth that other guys like, and I mentioned Hardman, are able to have with Tyreek out of the lineup this time. So, like, during this entire time, and I've talked to Hardman a lot, he sits there with Tyreek regularly, and they have almost the exact same skill set. And Hill tells him, hey, man, if you get this type of, you know, press coverage, this is what I would do against it. And, and Miko's learning that. The point I'm making is, 
when Tyree comes back, and my estimation and what I'm hearing is that it'll be this Sunday. They didn't want to rush him. He was almost ready last week, but they were going to be cautious with it, and it was always kind of looking this week, is that when he comes on the field and now gets this added attention, this home run threat from even you know just that little crossing uh, play that they run in front of Mahomes and he flips him to the ball, anything that draws attention to Tyreek now opens things up for guys that have had you know a chance to develop in this offense like Hardman. So he, he draws so much attention that I think things are going to be, you know, a little bit different than what we saw um, in week one when everybody was out there, because now you've seen some growth in some other guys, like, and as well as Shady, um, in terms of the skill guys around him that are going to help things out. But he's still that, you know, one of the most dynamic players in all of football. And guys, I've been there a lot. He has been like bouncing off the walls in that facility. To, <laughs> they've had to <laughs> hold him back trying to, you know, in practice and all these things. And, and, you know, it's been two weeks now he's been catching balls from Mahomes, and, and I think he's, he's been dying to get back. And the way he is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does something special on Sunday. Yeah, fantasy owners who have Tyreek are also bouncing off walls waiting for his return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on with Sammy Watkins? Are we going to see him this weekend? I don't think we're going to see Sammy. Um, and, you know, it's, he had the hamstring and the shoulder, and he was, you know, it was a really a true game-time decision last week. Uh, and I remember standing on the sidelines and hearing that with some, some Chiefs people. And, and he ends up playing like two plays, and the hamstring goes back, and you don't even see him on the sidelines the rest of the way. Hasn't really practiced this week. Um, it, it's been the, 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 the bummer of Sammy Watkins is staying healthy and staying on the field. Last year, he didn't really know the offense the way he knows it this year. We saw him explode early on. And then it's, you know, it's, it's being banged up and getting a chance to stay on the field. That's been the hard part. Um, the good thing is it looks like Tyreek's coming back and you're probably not going to have Sammy this week. What about that backfield situation? So last week, Damian Williams came back and LaShawn McCoy had two touches, one of which he fumbled away. And it was his lowest snap count of the year. I mean, uh, based on that, are we starting Damian Williams as the featured back in Kansas City? And is it time to fade LaShawn McCoy? It's definitely not time to fade, Shady. I think the part you got to remember is they're down in the second half, which is something that Kansas City's not used to. Um, and a lot of the hurry-up stuff and a lot of the protections in the hurry-up stuff, he doesn't know that well. Um, he doesn't know as well as Damian Williams does. So that played a part in some of that second-half stuff. If you remember when they had that final drive in Detroit two weeks ago, LaShawn McCoy wasn't on the field the entire time, and they didn't even have Damian Williams. Right. So if that doesn't show you that some of this is dictated by the way the game is. And now LaShawn has told me that that's the last part of everything in this offense he needs to pick up. And it's a lot of those protections. Right. Uh, and the backs in the protection system of the Chiefs is super, super important. And obviously we're talking about the ankle protecting 15 is an enormous aspect of what they do. So you got to look into it a little bit to where Damian Williams wasn't even there against Detroit. And Shady didn't play the final drive because of he didn't know the two-minute. He didn't know the protections within that system. I don't think it's time to, like, sell on him at all. And my main point of that is Damian Williams hasn't really proved to be healthy. And he was definitely in the doghouse that this lasted longer than they really in Kansas City uh, there thought it should have lasted. Um, I just don't see him staying healthy for the entire season again. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets hurt again at some point. And LaShawn's still going to find ways, and Andy's creative enough, that he may get a handful of touches some of these games, and he's going to take one to the house. You know what I mean? So I think there's still – it's a scary part fantasy-wise that sometimes touches may be limited because now you have an added weapon in Tyreek coming back and you have everything that they have. But it, as he continues to learn more and more about what they do in these certain situations – 
you're going to still see LaShawn getting back on the field a lot more. Right, James. I think if we've learned anything about the Chiefs this year, it's that when Damian Williams is healthy, he's going to be their passing down back. And this is a good spot. Mm-hmm. This, this, these Texans linebackers have given up, giving up the most receptions to opposing running backs so far, but I'm with you. I think we uh, we can see way more than zero carries from Jess, uh, yeah. from LaShawn McCoy. Let, let's hope so. So uh, going to the Texans, I mean, you know, you're starting Deshaun Watson. That's a no-brainer. Will Fuller coming off that big game. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is a must-start every week. But in, in your opinion, James, what's going on with him? Because the numbers have not been there this season so far. Yeah, you know, we were getting a chance to see, you know, so few games, and we were waiting for this. I've spent a lot of time in Houston. We've been waiting to see Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, and DeAndre Hopkins play games together. I mean, it just, it, I mean, it just hasn't happened um, because, you know, Deshaun loses time and then Will has another ACL. I mean, they only played like 11 before the season, like 11 games together, and Will has a touchdown in like all 11, which is also kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, the, the aspect of it is, now you don't have to force the ball to hop as much as they did over the last couple of seasons with other receivers banged up. I mean, it was probably like the most spoken about thing by Bill O'Brien in every press conference is we're going to throw the ball to DeAndre. Like we don't have another option. And that, and he did show us how good of a receiver he is. One of the arguably best receivers in football because he still caught balls, but now you don't have to force the ball. I mean, to me, what sticks out the most um, and this stinks for fantasy owners, but this is great for Bill O'Brien, is on the deep crossing route that Will Fuller caught last week, it was because DeAndre Hopkins took three defenders with him across the field. I mean, three guys. Yeah. And, uh, and then Will Fuller has single coverage across to the other side, and Sean Watson has an easy throw to, to Will. So the attention is still there, and he's still just as good. It's just the ball doesn't have to be forced to him as much if you have guys like Will who's coming off the ACL, and now you're seeing how healthy and dynamic he can be. Hop's still brilliant. The problem is it's just not forced to him as much as it was, and he still makes a lot of unbelievable catches in those. But this week, I don't see anybody on the Chiefs roster that can hang with either one of those guys. I mean, not even close. I, I, I would think both have the ability to have huge games because the corners in, in Kansas City, I don't see either one of them having any sort of success against either one of those guys. Well, uh, fantasy owners are hoping you are right there, my friend, uh, because New Hopkins <laughs> has not given us what we had hoped so far, but uh, looks like he's going to turn things around in what could be a high-scoring game. James Palmer, NFL Network, thank you so much for your insights, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, have a great Sunday. I uh, appreciate it, guys. You too. Take care. All right, Saints at Jaguars. Two quarterbacks who did not open the season as the starters, but have had some success in recent weeks. Graham, what do you think of Teddy Bridgewater this week? I I think people are kind of, I think they're going to be a little bit, um, what am I thinking here? They're going to be kind of maybe uh, chasing Bridgewater's good game last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know Teddy is a great story. I know Teddy has been been through a lot, but... Outside of the one game last week, Bridgewater's just basically been a middling quarterback for fantasy. And we know what the Saints are going to do. They're going to want to get the ball to Mike Thomas and Kamara. The Jags' defense has really struggled. They're going to get Jalen Ramsey back this week off of his his absence with the back injury. Kind of limits the matchup a little bit more. And it'll be interesting to see if they follow 
Ramsey with Michael Thomas mm -hmm. in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not starting Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. I would much rather stream Kirk Cousins, who we just talked about a few games ago. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, I have him in my top 12 quarterbacks for the week. Uh, over the last four weeks, he's the QB 10. Yeah. It's bananas. I he, mean, he's getting the job done. He's not putting up monster numbers. You know what's crazy is Minshew has is, Minshew is finished as a top 16 fantasy quarterback in every single game. Yeah, so he's not great, but he's, no, he's, he's, been, he's got a nice floor. He's been an amazing floor play, and this is a good spot. This Saints, yep. this Saints secondary has been very, very up and down this Okay, week. so because the fantasy football gods are cruel, and because we haven't given DJ Chark a lot of attention before this week, and he's garnered every bit of it. I mean, every game but one with a touchdown, at least one. The one game he didn't score, he did. Penalty reversed it. Now he's got Marshawn Lattimore, who, let's be honest, he's playing some good football right now. Yeah. DJ Chark is still a play for you, though, right? Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore played extremely well against Mike Evans last week. And then Amari Cooper didn't do anything the week before. Yeah, Lattimore is starting to heat up. He had a very, very poor start of the season, I thought. But DJ Chark is just on another level right now. His deep speed and acceleration is just unbelievable. And Fabs, the guy is 6'4". I mean, yeah. he is uncoverable right now, and the Jags are moving him around the formation, putting him in the slot around 20 to 25% of the time to kind of get him those better matchups. I don't know if we'll see Lattimore um, follow Chark into the slot, but it's definitely possible Lattimore will follow him on the boundary here. But if, if he doesn't, if he gets to run some routes against Eli Apple, look out. Yeah, and uh, another big thing that fantasy owners should uh, keep tabs on, Jalen Ramsey whether or not he's going to be back this week uh, in that Jaguars defense. Next game, Seahawks at Browns. Are you sitting any Seahawks this week besides, like, DK Metcalf? No, I think all these guys are plays. Russ Wilson has obviously been ridiculous. Tyler Lockett, this is a fantastic spot for him. And Will Disley has been... Will awesome. Dis Will Disley, if, if it weren't for DJ Chark, you could arguably give the waiver wire MVP award to to Will Disley for because yep. how just how brutal tight end has been this year. Yep. Uh, he has been a, uh, a godsend for a lot of fantasy owners, including myself. Uh, those of us who are lucky to pick him up off the waiver wire. Uh, Tyler Lockett, obviously a play. So ever since last week, I told people like we have this segment on NFL Fantasy Live, like who are you dropping back into the pool? And I dropped Baker back into the pool last week. I got a little flack for it. And then he scored. Well, do you actually score negative two points? Like, what do you because he's not scoring anything. You more or less just show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you know, I had more fantasy points than Baker and I was sitting on my butt in the couch watching him suck. So is it time to drop Baker Mayfield and what are we doing with OBJ? Do you think people lost their fan? I, I know we're in Fantasy League One. Charles Melton lost his, his fantasy matchup because of that negative two off Baker. But could you imagine, like, being up by, like, a point and a half going into Monday night and just be like, oh, Baker's I got know, this. And, you got and then, you, then you, no, you lose points and lose <laughs> your damn matchup. Imagine if you're, I imagine if you like, you know, need 10 points from the, com the combination of Baker and OBJ. I, yeah, I could not imagine starting Baker Mayfield in a fantasy league yep. this weekend. I couldn't do it. I would honestly, I think I would go Minshew, Cousins, all of these guys over, over Baker at this point, even though the spot is good. They're at home. Seahawks secondary is not as good as it once was, but yeah, Baker, you, you can't play him in 10 and 12 leagues, uh, 10 and tw 10 and 12 team leagues yep. right now. Yeah. Uh, OBJ. I mean, we, I mean, they're trying to get in the ball. It's just, it, it hasn't worked. Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, four catches last week. He was the wide receiver 30. Don't love the matchup. The Seahawks are giving up fewer than 50 receiving yards per game. The slot receivers, which with Landry is there about 70% of the time. So if you can fade him, I would certainly do that. It is amazing how quickly things change because the Browns came into this season, arguably with one of the better fantasy wire, uh, rosters 
And right now, there's not one person on that team you can trust not named Nick Chubb. I, so, uh, I, I do think this is a Beckham spot, though. This is a, just a you would huge think so, right? home run get, spot, you would think get so. right spot for Beckham. You would think so. Uh, Bengals at Ravens, a, a game that might have more fantasy relevance than we think, right? Uh, Andy Dalton, is he a streaming option for you this week? I mean, Ravens defense has not been great against the past. Yeah, let's be honest. Potentially, I, I think that's where I'd probably draw the line with Baker is if you're looking down at Andy Dalton, you might have to give Baker, <laughs> Baker a spin. Uh, but say much about Andy Dalton. Yeah, he's he's probably fine. This the Baltimore secondary right now is just really struggling. I, I just think Tyler Boyd is this is just the spot for him. Oh, right? dude, he's going to he's going to shred, man. I mean, last week. Uh, he was he was one of my stardoms, and that's obvious now because he's getting so many targets. He's playing so well uh, against that Ravens defense, which has really struggled against slot receivers. You know, Joe Mixon, four teams on a bye. You probably have to play him. You don't have to like it. He's averaging 3.7 yards per rush. His run-blocking offensive line in front of him is hot trash, and the Bengals are throwing the ball 70% of the time. So it's just not, it's, it's not a good formula for any running back to succeed. I think this is more on Zach Taylor and what he wants to do in the offensive line than it is on Joe Mixon so if you can fade him I would because until things change in Cincinnati and this is a team that's not good that's going to be behind a lot in the second half Joe Mixon's going to end up being one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy football the, the biggest problem for Mixon this year is he has yet to play over 65% of the Bengals snaps mm-hmm. and that's simply because they just keep getting smashed in these yeah. games and they're going to Gio Bernard in the second exactly half exactly right they're going to Gio Bernard in the passing game uh, when they're really really down yeah uh, Hollywood Brown what are your thoughts on him this week? He's been so up and down since those like first I, two big games. I don't think he plays this week. Marquise Brown has not practiced yep. all week with mm-hmm. the ankle injury. He came back into the game um, last Sunday. It looked like he he might was going to miss, kind of sat at the trainer's, trainer's table, missed a few series, then came back into the game. Now he hasn't practiced all week. Um, I think if you're in a desperate need this week, Willie Sneed is a great PPR play. But Mark Andrews, if, if Marquise Brown is out, uh, I think Mark Andrews is just going to see all the targets here in this. All right, Falcons at Cardinals. Um, start everyone. Start everyone in this game. Basically, this game right? is going to go nuts. Start the kickers. Like, yeah. don't start the defenses. Like, that's yeah. it, right? Yeah, I think everyone here is is in a relatively good to great matchup. Uh, even Devonta Freeman. I know the the Cardinals. <clears throat> excuse me, the Falcons have not been able to run the ball, but. Uh, I think Freeman can get going this week. Uh, yep. This passing game is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think this is just start all the guys type of game. Yeah, keep tabs on the status of Christian Kirk, because if he comes back this week, then I believe he is, a, I mean, at least a wide receiver, three flex. Uh, Larry Fitz, his numbers haven't been great in the last couple of games, but keep him in your lineup. Matt Ryan on pace to throw the football over 700 times. The Cardinals giving up 23-plus fantasy points per game to quarterback, so he should smash. Uh, Kyler Murray looked great last week. He's going to put up another good stat line this week against Atlanta, who, I mean, that defense is just not good at all. When you see some of your fantasy players going up against Atlanta, put a big smile on your face because uh, very likely you're going to see some tremendous production uh, in that game. Looks like Julio Jones is going to be fine as well. Yeah, real quick on Christian Kirk. He got a limited practice in on Thursday with the ankle injury. I think I'd be a little bit surprised to see him come back this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- definitely look like a multiple week injury, but if Kirk gets back, he's he's just a freak. Yeah, and if not, uh, you could be looking at Keyshawn Johnson as a potential sleeper in this game. Cowboys at Jets. And I'm a little ticked off because I was excited after the first three weeks. And then the last two games, we got punched in the damn mouth. And uh, we look like pretenders and not contenders. But we've got a good matchup this week. Sorry, I say we. I've been rooting for them since I was eight. I'm 46. Do the math. It's been a long time. I still like Dak Prescott this week. Fantasy-wise, 
he's been great in all but one game. And last week, I get it. He didn't play well. Garbage time counts in fantasy. Uh, I continue to start him in my leagues. And the Jets defense giving up 272 passing yards per game. They're giving up over 25 points per game. So Prescott should continue to put up some very good numbers. Uh, Outside of that, Michael Gallup, if he hasn't proven to you that he needs to be in your lineup, I don't know what else he can do. Because he has played extremely well in the couple of games he's played in. He missed some time due to an injury. And when you look at Dak's numbers as well, he's averaging 28 fantasy points a game with Michael Gallup in the lineup. Gallup is so good, man. We, yep. saw, it, we saw it a little bit at the end of last year in the playoff run and the lead-up to their playoff run that Gallup, I thought, started taking some massive strides as a player. And it's really paying off now. In three games this year, Fabs, Gallup has seven for 158 on seven targets, yeah. six for 68 on eight targets. And then last week, he came back off a meniscus tear. Yep. Freaking Torres meniscus comes back and goes seven for 113 into touchdown on 14 targets. Obviously, the Cowboys had to throw a ton to keep up in that game. But Gallup is an amazing receiver to play. This yeah, week. Sam Darnold returns. Uh, I wouldn't stream him this week. I, I think better things are, are on the horizon for him, but I, I wouldn't touch him this week. Cowboys defense is a good play. I do think Le'Veon Bell could have a nice game this week. In fact, I think Le'Veon Bell is a guy that you try and buy low on right now. With Sam Darnold back, things will get better. And he has one of the easiest schedules yes. among running backs the rest of the season. So if somebody out there is a little soured on Le'Veon, try and get him. And go go and check and see if like Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson yes. have been dropped in your fantasy league because they are out there in way too many fantasy leagues yes. right now. And I get it, right? The Jets have been terrible. Sam Darnold's been out, whatever. But like Sam Darnold's back and this Jet schedule really opens up like Fabs just mentioned. Yeah, and uh, when you look at Sam Darnold, 36% of his pass attempts are going to the slot. And uh, that, that I know week one seems like a long time ago, yeah. but Jamison Crowder got all the targets that week. Yeah. And if Darnold is back and he is Darnold coming off the mono, uh, Crowder needs to be owned in more fantasy leagues. Obviously, earlier in the week, we heard Chris Herndon's going to be out a few more weeks, so you may want to cut ties with him. Uh, or if you have a reserve spot, yeah. he's still on the exemption list on NFL.com, so you can okay. stick him there. Uh, if you don't have those roster spots on NFL.com, that's a good note. It time does, to potentially it cut does him. look like Chris Chris Herndon. You mentioned is going to he's going to miss this week. Yeah. He might miss a few more weeks with that hammy pull. Just really unfortunate. Titans at Broncos. Uh, are you starting any Titans not named Derrick Henry? Nope. Nope. Maybe their defense. I kind of like the Titans' defense. No, I do too. Streamer, yes. But yep. other than... On the other offensive side of the ball? Henry, yeah. No, not yeah. doing it. This looks to be a low-scoring game. I think Henry could rush for 150-plus in this game. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos gave up you know, two bills to, to Leonard Fournette, and I think Derrick Henry could have a monster game. Broncos' backfield rotation. I, I guess it's it's leaning from a fantasy perspective more towards Philip Lindsay and a little bit away from Royce Freeman. But I mean, these guys are basically still splitting touches. They are. But Philip Lindsay is just so much more effective. I mean, I, I like Royce Freeman a little bit, uh, but Philip Lindsay is just on another world in terms of uh, what he offers uh, in terms of his explosion and in the passing game. Phil Lindsay has four or more catches now in four or five games this year. And even though he has yet to play 60% of the Broncos snaps, you mentioned it, he's still getting a ton of work in the passing game. And yep. he's been a great RB2 for fantasy. One of the most underrated wide receivers this year has been Cortland Sutton. If you look at his numbers, he has scored double digits in every game but one. His last two games, 19.2, 24.2, also had 19 in the opener against the Oakland Raiders. And I would play him over Emmanuel Sanders this week. Uh, Sanders is a bit of a fade for me, but Cortland Sutton, the playmaker, the guy who uh, is really emerging as the best fantasy wide receiver in Denver, uh, is at worst a wide receiver three flex play for me this week. All right, huge NFC 
AFC West battle this week, 49ers, Rams. And for this game, we're bringing in our pal Steve Weish, who is going to be covering the game for NFL Network. Thanks for coming in and uh, spending a few minutes with us, hey, pal. Thanks for having me, Fabs. I mean, the bucket list, the box has been checked. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that I was right at the it. bottom of the bucket no, list. No, no, no. Come on. Who's on there, brother? Well, the big question here from a fantasy perspective is, is Todd Gurley going to play? Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, the middle of the week when I was out of practice, they were very, very iffy about this. Mm-hmm. But Sean McVay, you know, and, you know, he was telling me that Gurley's the type of guy, he can miss a couple days and still come in and be fine, um, even conditioning-wise. So knowing Todd Gurley, he's, he's one of the biggest gamers I've ever been around. I think he's he's going to give it a shot. I mean, this is going to have to be a significant injury for him not to play. But they are concerned. But if, if I had to project, I would project that he'll play. How much? We'll see. Okay. But I, I would project that he will start. So we're going to see more of Malcolm Brown and maybe, I mean, Daryl Henderson has two snaps all year. Yep. One carry. Yes. Yep. So you're thinking possibly a timeshare here because Gurley has sort of, you know, taken the reins of the backfield the last like week or two, but he's going to be scaled back somewhat this week. You believe. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I think if he's good to go, they're going to use him as they normally would. I mean, they got to keep that injury warm. They're, they're going to play him, but the thing is they just haven't played him that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, McVay did tell me they're going to get Henderson involved. He said, it is time we get him going in the offense. So they like what he can do. We know he's a, a multi-tiered player, runner, receiver, shifty guy, kind of a home run hitter. So I would expect to see him more. Now, does that mean he'll get five touches? I would guess so in, in the run and pass game. So I think Malcolm Brown could be the guy, if Gurley does play, who could see his playing time cut into more so than Gurley. Okay. What I find really interesting about this situation is Gurley's quad injury is in the same left leg, yep. the same left knee that he's having issues with. And this comes off of a Thursday night game where he played over 90% of the snaps. It was a season high for him. And I, I found that a little bit surprising that the Rams on a short week used him so extensively on that Thursday night game. And now, you know, he's having these issues and not being able to practice going into the week six game. It's kind of interesting. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what we should expect. I do think Gurley will play this weekend. I'm with you, but I mean... It, it'll probably be a timeshare. Do you yeah. start him in fantasy? That's yeah, I mean, and, I mean that, that's just a tough call. Look at the defense he's playing. I know. Well. Solid. And, and 49ers what, front seven looks very good. But here's the thing, okay? What teams have been doing against the Rams is they've been putting five and six up the line of scrimmage. They've been blowing up the tackles, cutting off that off-tackle run game, which sets up the run-action passing game. They've been doing that with five and six players. The Niners don't do that. The Niners are a hard four-man. We've got four Giants up here. If mm-hmm. you can beat us, then fine. So if they stick to that principle, that could open up a little bit of the Rams' run game offense because the blocking schemes would be favorable. So that's what that, that's the cat and mouse I'm really interested to see because Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, he's really shown some good stuff this year, but it's because he sticks with the four up front. That's why we have Steve in here <laughs> for, for that kind of inside information. Great Brandon stuff. Cooks uh, banged up last week concussion. Yep. Do you expect him to play? He does. People I talk to think he's trending the right way. Okay. So and, and Cooks, Cooks is a big deal because if they can open up the vertical passing game, it opens up everything underneath for Cooper Cup. And guys, you're going to start incorporating these tight ends more now. They're you know they know the talent that Gerald Everett is. We saw it on that Thursday night. Um, so fantasy wise, he's a player I would really keep my eye on. Except the 49ers. Yeah. They lead the NFL in, in fewest yards allowed to tight ends. You're making a lot of tight end streamers very happy right now. I know now, that. Steve. There we go. <laughs> All Including myself. It's not great. Uh, you know, Jared Goff was very underrated in fantasy at the beginning of last season. Came on, had a big season. This year, though, I mean, his biggest game was the one he threw the ball 68 times. Yeah. Last week, he gave you, you know, 17, 18 points. It's okay. 
what's going on with him? He's turned the ball over more this season. Is there a little bit of regression? Uh, it's not a, not a regression on Jared Goff. It's look, I mean, the attempts are up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is insane. The last two weeks, he's thrown the ball more than 100 times. I think he's up around 115 times. So the more times you throw it, the opportunity for the defenses to make plays on it, you know, that's just kind of the law of averages. But here's what teams are doing. And this is speaking of two defensive coordinators who face the Rams. I told you about what they're doing up front. The other thing they're doing is they are capping Brandon Cooks. How many deep balls have you seen him catch this year? Not many. Right. Right. So they're playing coverages which don't let him come free in the deep game. So now that is forcing Jared Goff to do things with the other receivers where they can scheme a little bit differently. Also, and this is speaking to the the same two defensive coordinators, both almost carbon copy, they're giving Jared Goff a certain look until there's about three seconds left on the play clock. We know the headset communication with with McVay and Goff. Okay, this has been – but now teams are playing towards it. So now they're forcing Jared Goff to play in the pocket a little bit more. They're Mm -hmm. blowing things up. That's the secret sauce. Make him throw from the pocket and make him throw it more than 40 times. So that means stop the run. Okay, and don't let him kind of scramble outside or do anything off of run action. That's where teams have been able to read him a little bit more, and that's why he's given the ball. Remember, some of these some of these turnovers are fumbles as well. Right. Like right. strip sacks. Yeah, that's great stuff, Steve. I was looking at the next-gen stats data, and no quarterback has thrown deep 20 or more yards less often this year than Jared Goff. And yeah. it's most likely because, like you mentioned, their coverage, their basically just tr- trying to take away everything that we've known about the Rams and it's it's so far it's working it is and remember 28 explosive plays after five games last season that's of course uh passing plays more than 20 yards <clears throat> 22 this year okay so they're down six in that category it may not sound like a like a large number but it is for what the Rams like to do the fact that teams are kind of not allowing the deep ball and saying you know underneath All right that's where you're going to have to beat us. And to really make them work for those types of years. The Rams can do that, but they just haven't been successful enough in the run game to really make teams pay well, de- for that. Defense is taking away the, the deep ball has helped Cooper Cup just absolutely oh my God. explode for fantasy. It's been yeah, great. He's been ridiculous. Yeah, so let's move fantastic. on to the 49ers. And I think the biggest question mark there is the backfield, right? Last week we saw Matt Breida had a couple of explosive plays right at a long touchdown run. But Tevin Coleman also led that team with 16 carries. Is this a backfield committee moving forward? Is this a playable matchup against the Rams? Uh, what do you expect this week from Coleman and Breida? And the same thing. Uh, you know, look, it's Kyle Shanahan. You think about what he's done everywhere he's coached. You think about what he did at Atlanta with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. This is the same type of scenario, except Breida's just much more of a home run hitter. I mean, every time he touches it, he can go. He's a tough runner. Raheem Mostert's a real tough player, too. They'll, they'll kind of put him in spot duty. Um, but the throwing aspect, this is, gonna be real. I, this is a matchup where I think they could take advantage of of, you know, the Rams lost Clay Matthews, right? So the pass rush is, is absolutely going to be affected right here. And their, their linebackers aren't necessarily coverage linebackers. They can run, but, you know, if you can get one of those guys out there in the short passing game, they can take it and go. For the Rams now, they're getting safety Taylor Rapp back from an ankle injury, and he's going to be vital in this game and run support and maybe trying to do something to get these running backs if they get out there. Kyle Shanahan, talking to DBs for years, stresses the integrity of opposing defenses unlike any other play caller. He knows what they like to do in certain situations, and he is going to find out when he looks at these Rams linebackers, okay, we can work these guys. So I would look for these guys in the short passing game equally as much as I would when it comes to the run game. Hey, great stuff, my friend. As always, Steve Weish, NFL Network. Check him out. 49ers, Rams in that massive NFC West battle going on in our backyard. Thanks, Steve. 
Thanks, Steve. Bucket list check, baby. (laughs) All right, final game here. Steelers at Chargers, and this one's interesting to me on a couple of levels. Uh, Obviously, we know Devlin Hodges is starting for the Steelers, which means Chargers defense is, is going to be a very strong play. But I'm really interested to see... What happens with James Conner and his usage? Yeah. Because Jalen yeah. Samuels is going to be out for at least a month uh, with a knee injury. And behind him, you have Benny Snell. Is Conner going to be the bell cow now? Can he handle that role? Uh, and are the Chargers going to load up the line of scrimmage and stop him because they don't feel like Devlin Hodges is going to be able to beat them through the air? I think, let's start here. Conner should be the bell cow because Benny Snell is... Uh, I would agree. Yeah, he Benny Snell lacks. Let's let's just say he lacks some explosion <laughs> yeah. uh, in his athletic profile. Graham and, is trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice, yeah. and, and James Conner has been, I mean, awesome uh, when when we've seen him in a bell cow role. Uh, it's just the Steelers' offense right now is really struggling. Like you yeah. mentioned, it now they're down to their third their th- their third quarterback. James Conner should see a lot of box defenders in this game, um, and they can't right now. They're not able to stretch the field fabs that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem james washington is now going to miss a game or two with a with an injury too so it's not you know i know james washington wasn't super involved in the offense but he was stretching the field for them uh deep steelers are in a really tough spot here yeah uh but the chargers have been known to do some chargering yeah at times yeah uh, no, no doubt about that and um juju smith schuster i mean i guess you kind of you, you got to play him yeah uh it's not ideal though you know the situation is not ideal with a third string quarterback uh, a kid out of Samford who hasn't seen a whole heck of a lot of action in the National Football League. Uh, in fact, just a few snaps last week. So on the Chargers side of the ball, I'm fading Phillip Rivers this week because the Steelers' pass defense is pretty good. Rivers is coming off a stinker last week against Denver. He's not a guy I'm going to play. Uh, I do believe that Keenan Allen is obviously a must-start, but over his last couple of games... He hadn't done much. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to go back and rewatch too much of their last game against Denver, but the little bit I did see is just like <laughs> the Chargers just couldn't move the ball. All they right. did was dump off to Austin Eckler. Yeah. It looked like the Broncos' front seven kind of got after mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers a little bit. So I think it's just been kind of a two-game blip on the radar here. And Fabs, if you remember last year, this is the same Steelers defense that tried to cover Keenan Allen with linebackers yes. last year. And yeah. uh, this is... This is the spot. We, you and I talk about it all the time. The Steelers mm-hmm. cannot cover slot corners. And even though they've gotten Minka Fitzpatrick, he does not go into the right. slot and match up 1v1 versus slot cornerbacks, yeah. or excuse me, slot receivers. Yeah. Uh, this is the spot for Keenan to get right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and we saw, I mean, we saw what the rotation was initially in the Chargers' backfield. I mean, it was the first game back from Melvin Gordon. He dominated the carries, and obviously Eckler dominated uh, as a pass catcher. I think every single week you're going to see more and more of Melvin Gordon, but clearly both of these players uh, are startable in fantasy leagues. Eckler has been tremendous. I I have him ranked ahead of Gordon again this week until that transition sort of happens where Gordon's getting back to, you know, 18 touches a game. Honestly, Fab's like, if Melvin Gordon gets... 10 to 15 to 18 carries and Austin Eckler remains the passing down back and heavily yep. involved in the red zone. I mean, Eckler played six snaps in the red zone to Gordon's three last week. Yep. Eckler might be the more valuable. He might have the more valuable role in PPR leagues just because he's getting so much yeah. juice. Imagine that in the passing game. Imagine that. Yeah, that's uh that would be something. That would certainly be something. Uh, Hunter Henry, if you guys are looking for a tight end, looks like he's getting closer to coming back. He might be on the waiver wire. People might have dropped him. So uh, check him out. And Vance McDonald, the tight end for the Steelers, he's banged up again, I believe, in his practice on Thursday. He's an option because the tight end position is so weak right now. I mean, I have him in one of my lineups, and I don't like it. Uh, uh, but keep tabs on his status. And then one more thing. I just want to go back. Uh, Arizona, Atlanta, David Johnson, Keep tabs on his status. 
I would pick up Chase Edmonds if you haven't done so already in that game, uh, because if Johnson can't go, Chase Edmonds could be like a top 15 play at running back. Yeah, we forgot to mention the DJ injury. And yes, that's that would be huge, huge news in that game. If DJ were to miss, I think he's going to play, though. Yeah. Well, if well, I had to put put money on it, we we shall see. That should be a high scoring game. So I uh, just wanted to make sure that we interjected that there. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, Austin Hooper is playing the Cardinals, and you know we just you know skated right over that because we want to start everybody. But I mean, he could score like you know thirty points this week. Yeah, you know what to do there. Oh yeah, start Austin Hooper. All right, guys, that's it for our show today. Uh, thank Steve Weish and of course James Palmer for coming in and helping us out. Uh, everybody out there, good luck in your Week Six matchups, and uh, we will be seeing you on Monday with uh, our pal Marcus Grant back at the helm. So good luck, everybody, and we'll see you soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.